Papua New Guinea Prime Minister James Marape has announced plans for significant change after easily holding on to power following what was a turbulent election. He's promising change in health, education, infrastructure and agriculture. But Mr Marape will be constrained by the country's economy, which remains in dire straits. Economist Stephen House, who heads the Australian National University's Development Policy Centre, told Don Wiseman about some of these constraints and possible solutions. They've certainly come in uh, with a strong mandate, uh, but they do face some big economic challenges. I guess the underlying one is that ever since the resource boom ended to around 2014, I mean, the PNG economy has been in a slump, and of course that only got worse with uh, COVID. And the underlying challenge for the government is, is what can it do to uh, get economic growth up and get employment going, going fast or faster again. That's the underlying challenge. But then if you look at well, what are the tools the government has, I think there you can sort of break it down into two different challenges uh, that they're, they're facing in policy terms. One is uh, fiscal. I mean, that's not so different to the challenge you know, a lot of OECD countries are facing, that uh, they accumulate a lot of debt under COVID. They're running deficits and they need to get those deficits under control. You know, the same with PNG. In fact, PNG was running pretty high deficits even before COVID came along. And so from that point of view, again, COVID just made things worse. So I think that's one challenge you have to deal with. And then the other one is on the exchange rate. There have been a lot of problems with the exchange rate, in particular businesses complaining they just can't get their hand on foreign exchange. And that's how, a real how, drag how, on growth. Yes. So how much of that is a factor of the Kina no longer being floated? Well, that's right. The two go together. Around 2014, the sort of central bank sort of grabbed hold of the Kina and stopped it floating as freely as it had been. They thought it was depreciating too quickly. And yeah, they have been supporting the Kina through basically making you wait for foreign exchange. So preventing a run on foreign exchange uh, reserves. Now, commodity prices have gone up and that, that helps PNG as a, as a nation because PNG is a commodity exporter. Its biggest export is gas. The price of gas is linked to the price of oil. So we are seeing more revenue come in. Uh, that should help the FX situation, uh, but we are still hearing those complaints from businesses about the difficulty of getting a hold of foreign exchange. So it's still an action the government needs to move on. I don't think it has to go all the way to floating uh, the Kina again. You couldn't do that. That wouldn't be practical given the demand for dollars. That would really lead to a collapse. Uh, but the central bank does need to release more foreign exchange onto the market and does need to allow a gradual depreciation of the currency. Just explain the significance of foreign exchange in terms of business. I think there are two angles to that. One is that you know, PNG is quite an import-dependent economy. As I said, it's a big resource exporter. It you know, also res- uh, exports agricultural commodities. Think about coffee uh, or tuna. But it doesn't have a big manufacturing sector. So it does need to import uh, those goods. And if you can't get the foreign exchange to pay your suppliers, you're just not going to be able to uh, get those imports. And we have seen imports fall. And, you know, that might sound like a good thing, but actually that's really a, that's a drag on economic activity. It just makes it harder to do business. And then the second thing is that, you know, PNG is dependent on foreign investment. It needs foreign capital. It's traditionally sort of welcome foreign capital. But if you're thinking about investing in PNG, you know, you have to put your your dollars in. If it looks like you may not be able to get them out again, you're not going to invest. And so making it difficult to get hold of foreign exchange has really damaged PNG's reputation uh, with with foreign investors. And, And it's a big change in its policy. You know, really since independence, PNG really stressed what's called convertibility. 
which is that ability to exchange kinas for dollars. But it's, it has moved away from that over the last uh, decade, or really since 2014. It's a sensitive issue because it does have implications for the value of the kina. But if the government wants to uh, increase growth, it really needs to tackle this issue. One area where they clearly uh, have plans for some focus is on coffee, on palm oil and on livestock because they've set up ministries to cover those areas. Is this window dressing or is this, do you think this is a real commitment to make the most out of those sectors? I think the, the government has a genuine commitment to the agricultural sector and it makes a lot of sense given that's where most of the PNG population is. Uh, whether having the separate ministers is actually going to help with that, I think you know, remains to be seen. There's a limit to what the government can do to provide direct support. The real issues are for uh, sectors like coffee are, are ones that lie elsewhere. So uh, one big one is infrastructure, uh, having uh, better roads. The government does have a commitment uh, to improve uh, PNG's roads through the PNG Connect program, uh, but that's where the fiscal uh, challenge comes in. You know, those are expensive programs and the government wants to reduce the deficit so that will be the challenge there. And then the other issue is the exchange rate. I mean, if you really want to see coffee do well, uh, then if you uh, reduce the value of the kina, uh, that means that coffee producers are going to get more kina uh, for the same amount of coffee uh, that, that they sell. So, yeah, these are important sectors uh, for the government. I think the government is committed, but I think appointing ministers is probably more symbolic than anything else. I think the real action lies elsewhere. Well, the Marape government has talked about balancing the budget again by 2027. What are their chances of doing that? Yeah, that's right. So the government accepts that it needs to do something uh, about this deficit. It's come out with this very uh, ambitious plan. We are seeing improved revenue with the higher commodity prices, especially from the LNG uh, project. So that's encouraging on the revenue side. But on the expenditure side, that plan to fully eliminate the deficit by 2027 uh, does assume no increase in expenditure apart from adjustments for inflation. You know, all the way. In fact, it's a slight decrease uh, from this year all the way out to 2027. Yeah, I think that's that's not really realistic. That's going to be very tough for the government. You know, coming into a, a new government or at least a new term, uh, the government is going to be ambitious. They've already made uh, Marape made some very ambitious announcements in his uh, inaugural speech. Uh, I mentioned the roads project uh, on the on the side of health. He talked about um, having a, a health centre close by, within an hour of every uh, village. You know, that, that will be very expensive. He wants to double uh, the number of students going through the higher education system. That'll be very expensive. So I think the real challenge for the Prime Minister and his team is how they're going to balance those commitments uh, against uh, the need for expenditure restraint. Frankly, if they don't get to a balanced budget by 2027, that's not going to be uh, the end of the world. PNG can live uh, with, with a deficit, but it does need to make progress. So it will need to keep control of expenditure, even if it's unable or, or indeed it wouldn't be wise to, to have, allow for no growth in expenditure at all.